Hi, and welcome to Skip Intro, the new podcast from Binge, all about the world's best television. Each week, we're here to discuss the biggest news shows on Binge, along with a couple of our own recommendations. My name is John Baum, and I'm joined by Ali Herbert Burns, and together we look after all the great TV and movies that you see on Binge. Ali, great to see you once again. We're talking about two very different things today. We are, John. Hi, great to be here. Today we are talking about Righteous Gemstones, the comedy drama from HBO that has just returned with season two. So it's quite funny and I think this is maybe a show that a few people might have missed. Uh, So looking forward to talking about that one. And the other one we're talking about is very different tonally. Like you said, it's called The Fallout. It's a film from Warner, Warner Brothers and HBO Max film that is coming to binge this week. And it is the story of the after effects of a school shooting, but a brilliant debut from the director of that. So lots to get stuck into this week. And our dinner party recommendations, as always, what do we love on binge and on the platform that we tell our friends about? Cool. Well, let's jump straight into the world of The Righteous Gemstones. This is a family business. Daddy's faculties are waning. The next logical leaders would be Amber and myself. Y'all are not the only married people in this family. Me and BJ are also strongly betrothed. Not a real family. No kids. Slam, I like that one. I don't got time for kids. Because I'm trying to keep this fresh physique fine. I'm not trying to be all loose and stretched out like Amber's played out pastrami. Enough! This is a house that Jack built, y'all. Created by Danny McBride, The Righteous Gemstones follows a family of Southern preachers whose megachurch empire, led by Eli Gemstone, portrayed by John Goodman, is never far from controversy or moral bankruptcy. With just as many private jets and squabbling adult children as succession, Both series worship at the altar of greed and capitalism, just in slightly different ways. Ali, do you think the succession comparison is a fair one? Well, this show certainly has private jets, family squabbles, a dominating father and siblings vying for attention. So yeah, it's not a bad shout, John, is it? I hadn't um, put that together though until you said it, I must admit. But this is funny. This show is really funny. I actually, I missed this show when it came out in 2019. So I have enjoyed getting across this. I watched it before season two started and we kind of galloped through the first season and it's now dropping weekly on binge, but it's a bit of a hoot. Yeah, um, Succession obviously has its funny moments, but is still relatively grounded. I, I think it is fair to say Righteous Gemstones is like a straight out comedy. The ineptness of uh, this particular family is where a lot of the humour comes from. Very crude. They kind of are just falling over themselves to try to make as much money as they can and to swindle as many people as they can, all under the sort of guise of running one of these sort of like glitzy, almost like stereotypical televangelist churches where it's just all about, you know, give 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 us your credit card, give us your life savings, and, you know, we'll give you a spot in heaven as a result. So it's set in the world of the mega church, but it's also got a bit of a crime bent to it. But for a family, as you said, that are a bit inept, they do manage to stumble their way out of trouble quite well through this, but it is funny. Yeah, so it's written and created by Danny McBride, who's actually done a number of series for HBO, all of which we do have on Binge. So Danny McBride is a face and a name that I'm sure most people would know from any number of films, but he's done this sort of trilogy of shows, if you will, for HBO, uh, starting with Eastbound and Down, which is about a decade old now, where he plays a sort of former professional baseball player who returns to his small town. He then came back for another series called Vice Principals, um, and now, of course, the third of the series 
comedies that he's created for HBO with the Righteous Gemstones. So a very prolific creator. And I heard him interviewed and he said that he wanted this to go longer than any of those other series. And it's already season two is rolling out at the moment, but season three is already being commissioned. And I think Eastbound and Down went for four seasons. So if you love Righteous Gemstones or you want to get into something that is more than just one season, this is probably a good one to try because chances are it's around for a few more years at least. I've heard the same thing. And I actually heard the creators on an interview talking about season two where they described watching the pilot as they thought it felt like The Godfather meets Dynasty. Of course, neither of those are comedies, so a very funny version of those two shows. But I think it does speak to the idea that this is like a sprawling family comedy where there's competing children, there's competing businesses, there is this like there's crime and murder happening in the background. So yeah, you can definitely see this show lasting a number of seasons because yeah, an episode doesn't pass where some new thing gets in their way. Yeah, so the mum the mum has passed on, so it's the dad um, who kind of idolises his deceased wife, the three children, an uncle that's kind of in exile that comes back in, you know, fractured relationships with children as well. So, yeah, it feels like there'd be a cousin that would pop up out of nowhere or some other characters that could come into this world and this universe quite quickly. John, this is something that I missed in 2019 when it first came out, and a binge, of course, wasn't launched back then. So I think this is, to me, this feels like it's something that our audience, it's right for it to discover. We've certainly seen it peak um, in viewing and interest as season two has been rolling out weekly. But because there are nine episodes and they're, you know, nearly an hour long each episode of season one. There's certainly heaps to get stuck into. So you can kind of get into season one. It does conclude that story out really well. And then you go into quite a different story at the beginning of season two. So I think there's already three episodes of season two to watch. So you've got, you know, 12 eps to, to get going on with this show because it is it is quite easy to move through it. Yeah, definitely. And um, as you said, season two episodes are dropping weekly. So you've got a bit of time to catch up to that to that weekly release. And yeah, as we also mentioned, Danny McBride's other series, Eastbound and Down and Vice Principals, are also um, sitting on binge waiting for you to um, explore or have a have a rewatch as well. And there's some pretty cool talent in this. You, you mentioned John Goodman before, but also Adam Devine, who plays one of the brothers, along with Danny McBride bride who doesn't only write it um he stars in it and i think he directed one of the episodes any other talent that uh viewers and listeners would know uh yeah the other call out for me uh, just because i love him in everything he does is um walton goggins who's um probably best known of course for justified but uh does make a interesting appearance in season one and um continues that role into into season two as well so it's funny it's set in a world you've probably never watched a show in about before in the world of mega churches it's brash and humorous and some cool stars it's worth a go we do need jesus love now more than ever we are introducing a streaming platform where you can access Christian programming 24-7, unlimited, whenever you need it. We call this service G-O-D-D, Gemstones on Digital Demand. It is time to finally stop the constant flood of filth and propaganda coming out of Hollywood. (laughs) If they're going to fill the airwaves 24-7 with that garbage, we're going to do the same thing. Hey, man! In her directorial debut, Megan Park's film The Fallout follows the aftermath and trauma of two teenagers who survive a school shooting. Jenna Ortega and Maddie Ziegler portray the two students who are bound together after hiding from the violence in a toilet cubicle. You don't even need to wear makeup. Sorry, what? 
I just said you don't even need to wear makeup. I... What was that? Ali, this couldn't be more different from, from The Righteous Gemstones. It's incredibly emotional and raw and really does sort of just follow those, these two young kids in the, in the trauma and, and aftermath of the school shooting. I found it incredibly emotional and, and sad. And uh, even though it's, you know, very specifically about a school shooting, it also has sort of a universal message around dealing with trauma and grief. And I took a lot away from this. I'm really glad I, I watched it. Yeah, I, I think it's a really, really important film. I'm with you. It's I want people to see this. I think it's moving and it's powerful. It is it is emotional and sad, but it's also sensitive. And outside of the event, it looks at this generation, you know, Z, these, these people having a, a full-on experience, but the way humanity responds. And I, I think if, if we weren't on the podcast and you and I were talking about this, this film and we're talking about all the elements of it, I think we'd have a slightly different conversation right now because there's a lot of things I would like to say about it that I don't want to spoil for people. I think my recommendation is that it's it's worth a watch um, and I think it's done really well. It's not done with a lot of violence. Um, it's, it's very sensitive and insightful and beautiful in how it tells the story as well. Yeah, it's, it's definitely sort of a, a quiet film. It is really about the sort of emotional, psychological after effects of that kind of trauma that these kids go through. It is worth noting that for anyone who obviously wouldn't want to see a school shooting in a film or anything, the actual event itself isn't really part of the film. It's really just sort of a, a brief moment. And this this has been, been awarded. It won the Grand Jury Award last year, South by Southwest. I think it would have gone out in cinemas in America had it not been for COVID. This is a direct release going out from Warner Brothers on HBO Max in America and Fast Tracked and, and going out the same in Australia on Binge. But it's a bit of a breakout, the young director, the, the two leading actresses and the ensemble cast that are in this. There's a, a lot of very familiar people as well. Um, Modern Family's Julie Bowen, who plays the lead character's mother and a few others that our viewers will recognise, no doubt. But it's it's haunting but beautiful. A film that covers uh, ver- some very similar territory is the almost 20-year-old um, Gus Van Sant film Elephants, which was also interestingly made by HBO, um, is um, also streaming on Binge. Uh, but Ali, this is a a very modern, a very 2020 take on, on this story. It is, and it's written and directed by a young uh, female actress, Megan Park. Some of you might recognise her from The Secret Life of an American Teenager, an ABC America show um, from a few years ago where she plays a cheerleader, but this couldn't be a more different tone and approach to, yeah, a modern-day high school experience in America. And I think the approach and the way that she's told this story, um, it's poignant, it's powerful, but it also feels really grounded in the generation that it's telling the story for, beautifully led by the, the lead cast member, Jenna Ortega. It feels like this is a breakout film for her she's been in lots of things you on Netflix and, and various other shows that and, and films but it does feel like the way she just yeah steps out of this into such difficult content matter and does it so sensitively but powerfully as well I think there's there's a lot in this film maybe just to wrap it up I will say there is some some lightness in the film there's some hope in the film the way that the friendships are formed and social groups come together there is definitely some hope in the film and yeah I would absolutely recommend that you check it out. The Fallout is streaming now on Binge. Did you have like the craziest nightmares last night? You have to be able to sleep to have nightmares. Tell me about your brother. 
He was uh, always making me laugh. What are you feeling right now? I feel mad. John, we're at the part of the podcast where we give our, what we call dinner party recommendations, the kind of shows that when we catch up with our friends and colleagues and they say, oh, there's so much out there to stream, what is good to watch? So, John Bohm, tell us, what is a little hidden gem or a fave of yours that is on Binge that we should get watching? Well, this is both a hidden gem because I'm I'm convinced not a lot of people have watched it. It's also a fave because I have rewatched it multiple times. And it's also a dinner party recommendation because I have been recommending it to people since it came out in 2018. Um, I'm sure I've probably recommended it to you um, in personality. But the show that I am taking far too long to tell you the name of <laughs> is Sally Forever. When I met Emma, she was really attractive, really fun, smart. She's incredible. You okay? It's just I'm with someone. You in love with her? It's a him. I'm just fed up with you saying I'm boring and predictable. That my penis is too small. I never said it was too small. I just said I couldn't feel anything. This is a UK-US co-production from um, Sky and HBO. It stars and is written by the amazing Julia Davis, who I'm sure if you're not familiar with her name, you would definitely know her face. She's uh, much like Danny McBride in that she's kind of got a prolific series of shows that she's sort of written and starred in. So you may know her from a couple of British series. Nighty Night was her first sort of breakout sitcom, Hunderby. And she also recently did a series called Camping, which interestingly was remade for the US by HBO. But yeah, Sally Forever is her latest series and she plays Emma. Interestingly, she plays she plays a sort of similar version of the same character in all the work that she does. Again, I didn't realise, but, you know, sort of similarly to Danny McBride. Anyway, the plot of Sally Forever is pretty simple. There is this woman, Sally, she's living a boring suburban life, working in marketing. And Emma, who is played by Julie Davis, sort of just storms her way into her life. Um, And before you know it, this suburban wife has left her husband, has had Emma move into a house with her. And yeah, her life is just kind of turned upside down by this narcissistic nightmare of a, of a character played superbly by Julia Davis. It's only seven half hour episodes. So, you know, it's a really easy weekend watch, but yeah, much like Righteous Gemstones, it's, it's quite brash. There's definitely some scenes you would not want to watch with your kids or your parents. But yeah, this is a show that I have um, rewatched a couple of times, absolutely love. And even though it won't make sense until you watch the show, I will say if you've enjoyed The White Lotus recently, um, then I would uh, check out Sally Forever as well. You just got me in on The White Lotus comp. Um, I haven't seen this show. Yeah, so I really, I'm going to give it a go and come back to you. But what about you, Ali? What should we be checking out? Well, this one is a little bit of a guilty pleasure and I'm recommending it because a lot of people around Australia are going back to work the last couple of weeks after summer holidays, but they've also been somewhat interrupted summer holidays. We're still not able to jump on planes and fly off to exotic locations as as easier as we used to. And for a lot of people, Christmas and summer holidays have been a little bit COVID interrupted as well. So I think there's a bit of a theme going on in terms of shows being filmed on vacation spots or in in almost like places where we can't go at the moment there's a you know handful of shows in Greece and you know even things like White Lotus that I um around at the moment but I'm talking about Below Deck 
And this is for the person that loves on Netflix, you might love selling sunset. You like having a sticky beak into the lives of the wealthy, um, but it's just good, you know, honest um, reality territory of following people doing their jobs. But the people you follow this time are doing their jobs on mega yachts and beautiful big um, ships, not like cruise ships, private boats um and they're either in the mediterranean or they're in the caribbean or um kind of in lots of different glorious um locations around the world but i love the show it's it's so easy to watch it's got some really interesting characters that you follow so each season is standalone in that they change out the crew on the ship so you some of them return but you can kind of just pick up on this straight away binge fast tracks these from America. So we've got the latest season of both Below Deck and Below Deck Mediterranean dropping weekly, but there's three or four prior seasons and you can just dive in and watch them. There are some really early seasons on Netflix. So some of you might've found this show there, but binge has some of the more recent seasons and a really good catalog collection. And I just, it's just escaping and it's a bit of life of the rich. They have these boats where they have all these water toys and they go for picnics in these locations, but really you're following the drama of the crew who at the end of every episode tend to blow off the steam of difficult wealthy clients by getting drunk. So no judgment, but uh, that's what I'm watching, John. No, I have uh, um, also no judgment, have watched, um, I want to say hundreds of hours of Blow Deck at this <laughs> point. So um, it is, yes, it's a very relaxing show. Um, I do enjoy it's it's almost got that sitcom thing of like you like you know that the chef's gonna mess something up <laughs> and you know that like the chief stew's gonna yell at someone for something and it's just like there is something comforting about it and are um, you saying yeah, are I, you saying reality TV's got format beats in it that it's not <gasps> just as it happens what no no <laughs> shock shock we're also um, getting some more below deck soon Ali with um, sailing yacht is actually jo- joining binge in a couple of weeks so even more below deck for you to get into the yachties amongst us uh not that that's your eye but those that are listening below deck sailing is when they literally have the sails up and they're beautiful mega boats yet yeah, mega yachts but it's funny because in small boats a yacht means you've got sails but in mega yacht motor yacht world a, a motorboat can also be called a yacht so it's a bit confusing but yeah the sailing one they have these gorgeous glamorous boats but they're under sail so there's all this other drama that happens because the boat tips a lot more and they literally chasing the wind and you can have a whole cruise where they don't go anywhere very much because there's no wind um and then the normal below deck is on these more motor boat yachts which tend to be bigger um so there's almost a bit more drama in the sailing version because the crew um, cabins are much more cramped and there's a little bit more that can go wrong. But these series are so popular on Binge, aren't they? People watch them week to week as they drop or they save them up and easily binge them. So it's not just you and I that love these. they a bit of a, a Binge fan favourite. So I'm probably not discovering this for a lot of people, but uh, you won't be alone in your love of the show would be my would be my thought. And it, I will say it is a nice sort of palate cleanser between, you know, some of the heavier weekly episodes of dramas and things that we watch. It's nice to just have a little have a little below deck between between dramas sometimes. So true. And especially with the dramas that drop weekly and you sometimes do want to binge and they're not there to binge because we obviously fast track things from America and we bring them as, as fast as we can, as often as we can. But the some of these, yeah, some of those shows that are really heavy or interesting or deep, it's also not great to watch them heaps as well. Like it depends on the mood you're in and do different horses for courses. But I think you're right. I think it's really nice to break up a heavier. Like I, I go from euphoria into blow deck 
So I don't know what the algorithm would tell you about my content palette or my um, my weekly mood, but yeah, I do watch this after coming out of some heavier stuff. Primary came to me this morning. Yeah. She complained about your attitude. Unfortunately, with my face, sometimes when I'm being treated that disgustingly, it does come across. It was the vilest charter guest I've ever had. Can you go get some nuts immediately? Brooke's going down to get them. Yeah, we're going on 25 minutes. My dog eats food like this. I don't. This should be seven stars. This is ridiculous. I'm 30 years old. I've been doing this for eight years, and I've dealt with a lot of difficult guests. And at the moment, I'm kind of wishing back to the days when I was looking after the Russian mafia. Well, Ali, thanks so much for uh, chatting once again this week. We discussed a relatively diverse range of shows with The Righteous Gemstones, the new movie, The Fallout. I suggested that you check out Sally Forever. And then, of course, Ali and I both geeked out a little bit about our love of the world of Below Deck. And all of these shows are streaming for you now on Binge, which, of course, you can find on your favorite devices. I'm John Bohm. Ali, thanks again for joining. This podcast is produced by Dan Barrett with audio editing and mixing by Chris Yates. And we will, of course, be back next week. 